Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Eddie. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headaches. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold distress. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you feel miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. And now, attention, Quiz Kids, here's today's first question. Where might you find a nymph with a telescope looking at a comet? Uh Uh-oh, say, that's really a tough one, isn't it, friends? Will our youngsters be able to answer it? But we'll soon find out because here they are, the Quiz Kids and their chief quizzer, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Well, there's plenty of excitement in radio's famous classroom of the air today, folks. This is one of the big red-letter days of the year, the day when we announce the winners in the third annual Quiz Kids Best Teacher Contest. Dr. Paul Whitty, professor of education at Northwestern University, is here to make this important announcement, which teachers and pupils all over the country are eagerly awaiting. But first things first. So let's have roll call, Quiz Kids, and get busy with questions. Joel? I... I'm Joel Copperman. I'm 12 years old in departmental in the Volta School. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 12 years old and in seventh grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Noreen? I'm Noreen Novick. I'm 14 years old and I'm in the 10th grade at U High. David? I'm David Freifelder. I'm 12 years old and in eighth grade at West School in Waukegan, Illinois. And Sandra? I'm Sandra Vegas. I'm nine years old and in the fifth grade at the Bateman School, Chicago. And now for that first question from Mrs. R.P. Reagan of Portland, Oregon. Where might you find a nymph with a telescope looking at a comet? Noreen? Well, could that be at the top of some building? Could that be a statue of some kind? Well, uh, possibly could be, but we'd have to uh, get the location on it at this moment. I don't have that on my card. I have another answer. Uh, David? Well, uh, I could think of one in uh, Shakespeare's play. They, she wouldn't have a telescope, but she it was Iris in uh, The Tempest. Uh, an iris is a rainbow. It could be up so high that uh, it would be easier to use a telescope. could see better. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. But, uh, Lonnie? Well, isn't it an insignia of some kind? Well, I say the, uh, the question is where might you find a nymph with a telescope looking at a comet? You give up? Well, you would find them in an aquarium because they are all goldfish. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we didn't do very well on that with Quiz Kids. It's a miss. So, Mrs. R.P. Reagan of Portland, Oregon, Alka-Seltzer will send you the magnificent 239.50 Zenith Radio Phonograph Combination. Now, this fine set is complete in every way. It has the automatic record changer, the new Cobra Tone Arm, two FM bands, and it's a real beauty. That's always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the Quiz Kids miss your question, friends. When they answer correctly... Directly, you get one of those dandy Zenith Transoceanic Standard Shortwave portable radios in a handsome luggage case, the most outstanding in its field today. So get busy on those questions, friends. Send them to Quiz Kids, Chicago. Well, we can't get them all, so we'll see if we can get the rest of them. Now, uh, 
Fathers and sons who have the same names often get people all mixed up. Andrew L. Sloan of Bloomfield, New Jersey, wants you children to identify these famous fathers and sons from the following clues. Here's the first clue. The father and son both had the initials J.A. Lonnie. That's John Adams, the second president of the United States, and John Quincy Adams, his son, the sixth president of the United States. Both That's absolutely right. That's right. It was real quick, too, Lonnie. Yeah. I have some more clues to give here, see, but now I can throw them away. That is on the first part. Well, here's the second part. Now, this part about fathers and sons is more difficult. Uh, Both of their first and last initials are J.B. Father and son. J.B. Well, I'll give you a second clue. The second clue applies to the father. Uh, Joel has his... Would it be the Barrymore's? No, no, uh uh-uh. Second clue applies to the uh, father. Redskins, 1920. Lonnie. Well, that would probably be a Washington Redskins football player. Well, no, no. Now, I've got a third clue here, and this one applies to... uh, uh, Lonnie? That's the Cleveland Indians. That's Jim Bagby Sr. and his son, Jim Bagby Jr. That's right, Lonnie. That a boy. Yeah, my, my third clue was uh, applying to the sun what's going to be uh, Red Sox 1946. That really tipped it off, wouldn't it, huh? Well, all right, you got that very nicely scored swell on that one, kids. Uh, Mr. Oscar Felber of New York City says he knows there are several composers named Strauss, but he never can remember which wrote what. Can you help him out and tell which Strauss wrote each of the following? Now, Franz Fau, our pianist, will play the first one. All right, Franz. <laughs> Joe? Well, it, Oscar Strauss wrote it, but it was taken from uh, Franz Lehar's sing. But it, it, that is uh, my hero, and Oscar Strauss it's From wrote what? It. Uh, uh, from the Chocolate Soldier. The Chocolate Soldier, that's right. Oscar Strauss, uh-huh. All right, Franz, let's have the nef- uh, next one. Lonnie? Johann Strauss the Younger wrote that. In its What's tale- the name of it? Tales from the Vienna Woods. That's right, uh-huh. Now, uh, kids, if uh, Franz Pfau played the music of another Strauss for you to identify, which Strauss might it be? Joel? Richard Strauss, or it might... It pro- it'd probably be Richard Strauss, or yeah. it might be Johann, Johann Strauss Sr. That's right, uh-huh, it could be, yes. And, uh, David? Well, he had a, a younger brother, uh, Joseph Strauss, could be him. Yes, uh-huh, that's right. Uh, and, uh, uh, Sandra? It could be John Strauss. Uh, it could be John Strauss? He was, um, he was known oh, as you, the You're thinking of Johann. Uh, you're thinking of Johann Strauss, aren't you, senior? Um, no, no, his name, his name's Jan Strauss. Is it spelled J-O-H-N? Mm-hmm. It is. Well, what do you know about that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you now. There are quite a few Strausses, see? Yeah. That's, uh, it was all built around the question, Lonnie. Well, she said that the John Strauss was the Waltz King. Well, that's Johann Strauss the Younger. That's right. I um, don't think I've ever heard of any that John was Junior. Strauss. Yes, uh-huh. In fact, I'm pretty sure there wasn't ever any. Well, I wouldn't say that myself because every time I do that, sometimes I get my foot in my mouth, see? <laughs> but uh, John is not here with the rest of the gang on the cards here. Uh, Joel? Well, John is uh, the British, uh, I think, translation for Johann. 
Oh, you think that might be? Yes, yeah, son. Uh, uh, but well, uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. He's known Yeah, all right, fine. Well, now, uh, Mr. Ovid B. Packard of Howland, Maine, says that with all of uh, kite flying you kids been doing lately, you must have been craning your neck at a lot of clouds. Now, what were those clouds that looked like a big wad of cotton? David. Well, they're, uh, they're, they could be uh, cumulus clouds, That's but right. if they were if they were dark, they could be uh, nim- uh, nimbo cumulus clouds. Yes, uh-huh. or just uh, just the opposite, uh, cumulo nimbus clouds. Uh huh. All right. And uh, what were those that looked like a mare's tail? Joe. Uh, cirrus or clouds or circus clouds. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, very nearly right on that first cirrus. one, Joel. Uh, let's see if we can clear that up, David. Well, uh, the uh, the cirrus clouds aren't, right. are usually spoken of as being uh, like uh, wisps of, of smoke, but when they think of it as a uh, tail of a horse, it's usually cirrus stratus clouds because it's it's wide. Yes, uh-huh, yeah. Cir- cirrus is Latin word meaning a lock of hair. Mm-hmm. Now, before we consider this next question, here's Bob Murphy. Uh, what's your subject, Bob? Well, holiday weekends, Joe. Here we are right in the middle of one with still another day to go before you will be getting back on the job. But between now and then, is there that long drive home ahead of you? If so, friends, it can pay you to remember there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer to help relieve that tense, tired feeling brought on by long hours behind the wheel. And for the headaches which often accompany that feeling of fatigue, again, there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. Or Tuesday morning, if you wake up feeling headachy and upset, wishing you hadn't stopped at that last sandwich spot along the road, just get out the Alka-Seltzer bottle, drop a couple of tablets into a glass of water, listen to it fizz, and then drink it down. Again, you'll echo those words, there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer when you see how soon you begin to feel better. Yes, friends, Alka-Seltzer can help you to the fast relief you want, so depend on it. Whether you're at home or away, check on that Alka-Seltzer supply. And if those tablets are down to four, remember, that's the time to buy some more. All right, kids, now here's a riddle in science from William Stevens of Chicago, Illinois. What unit of electrical measurement is the reciprocal of itself spelled backwards? David? Well, uh, that's that's the Mo. It's uh, M-H-O, and uh, spelled the other way, it's O-H-M, and... uh, it was originally named after a man named Ohm, and the Mo was named after, uh, or was named by Lord Kelvin or William Thompson. And uh, the, the only difference is the uh, Ohm is the uh, it's a unit. It's a unit of resistance. Yeah, and meant... the Mo is the unit of conductivity. That's right. Absolutely right. You uh, certainly cover that very nicely. I.J. Johnson of Edgerton, Wisconsin, wonders if you kids keep posted on up-to-the-minute news. During the past week, who has replaced each of these men in the position he formerly held? Number one, who has replaced Clinton P. Anderson? Joel. Charles F. Brannan. That's right, Charles F. Brannan, the new Secretary of Agriculture. Who has replaced Jim Ferrier? Lonnie. That was Oh. Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan. And that's the, as the PGA champion, golf champion, professional, that's right, golfers, professional golfers Association, Association tournament. Ferrier won it last year, and Hogan dethroned him this, as champion this year by beating uh, Harmon. Er, yeah, yeah, Harmon. All right, fine. Now, this question is from Henry Turner of New York City. In connection with the centenary of the Associated Press, the editors have selected hey, uh, Mr. the... Mr. Kelly, uh, uh, could we interrupt just a minute? Well, certainly. Uh, Let's what's, go, gang. Uh, 
The beautiful birthday cake that little Sandra brought in here all by her lonesome. Oh, dear, look at all the candles. I hope nobody gets overcome with the heat uh, here this afternoon. Yeah, 40, 74, I mean 47, what I'm talking about. 40, well, say, this is really a surprise. I wonder if we have, Jack, do you suppose we have time to, or me to make a wish and blow the candles out like the kids do? Huh? Sandra, will you help me? Mm-hmm. Say, you got, you're wearing some of my cake. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Well, that's all right. I'll probably be wearing some of it, too. <laughs> all right, now, wait a minute. I want to make a wish a real quick one, and I, I can't tell you what it's going to be because that breaks the charm, see? All right, I've got it now. Well, I count three, and we'll both blow, see? All right. One, two, three. Oof. Oh, wait, there's a little one. There, I, there, we got him. Oh, boy. That's fine. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Sandra. And thanks, boys and girls, and all you folks in the studio. That was mighty sweet. I was saying happy birthday. <laughs> Well, now, this, uh, this next birthday, or I mean this next, uh, uh, a little, little bit flustered here. This uh, next question is uh, from Henry Turner of New York City. Uh, in connection with the centenary of the Associated Press, the editors have selected the ten biggest newspaper stories of the past century. Don Gallagher will impersonate two of the men who made the news, and then we'll see if you kids can tell with which major event they were connected. All right, here's the first one. Uh, gentlemen, it is an honor to show you my experiment. Uh, the essentials you must have noticed are not new. Uh, but uh, this uh, crude metal can set on top of a pole is an important development. Of course, the apparatus may not function. The airwaves are very treacherous. Uh, Mr. Priest, I'm ready. Uh, Sandra? Uh, could that be the death of President Roosevelt? No, honey. No. Uh, Lonnie? I would say the invention of the wireless, or the radio, by Marconi. By Marconi, that's right, the invention of the wireless. That's right. Well, let's have Don do this other event. Now, this, this, uh, here's another event that was considered one of the ten most important in the century. This decision has been made less difficult to me by the sure knowledge that my brother with his long training in the public affairs of his country, and with his fine qualities, will be able to take my place. He has one matchless blessing, enjoyed by so many of you, and not bestowed on me. A happy home with his wife and his children. All right, children, can you identify that event? Uh, Lonnie? Well, isn't that, uh, well, uh, some president going out, speaking of uh, the one who is... Going to take his place. Well, now, wait a minute. We're, uh, we're pretty warm. Sandra? Uh, could that be uh, James Buchanan talking of Abraham Lincoln? No, dear. <laughs> no? Noreen? Well, it's some Englishman, but I can't... Yes, it. it's an Englishman, and, uh, uh, Joel, what were you going to say? Well, I... Could it be Benjamin Disraeli? No, no. Lonnie? Well, could it be 
I don't think so from the voice, but I could it be Winston Churchill? No, no. no. Uh, Joe? Oh, I think it was William Pitt, but he wasn't into the last century. No, uh, you give up on this one? Well, all right. It uh, was uh, Edward VIII when he abdicated in 1936. Uh-huh. And now, uh, we, that's a miss, of course. So that means that Henry Turner of New York City will get a beautiful 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer for stopping you on that one. Now, before we tackle this next question, it's your turn, Bob Murphy. Well, thanks, Joe. I want to talk about that moment when a holiday weekend ceases to be a pleasant experience. Well, I know all about that moment, Mr. Murphy. Oh? It comes along bright and early on the morning after the holiday. You're supposed to be feeling fit as a fiddle, all rested and ready to get back on the job. Yeah, but instead... Well, you th- if you wake up with a headache, you can wish you'd never heard of holiday trips and parties and fishing expeditions. Well, in that case, the thing to do... Sure, it- I was going to say it, you didn't let me finish. The thing to do is reach for the Alka-Seltzer bottle. I found out from experience there's nothing quite like sparkling, refreshing Alka-Seltzer to help you feel like you're supposed to feel after a holiday jaunt. Oh, you mean that... I mean Alka-Seltzer's quick, like one, two, three. You fix it, you take it, and almost before you know it, you're wondering what happened to that headache that was making you so miserable. Well, then you agree. Alka-Seltzer is... Fast! Boy, you bet. That pain reliever it contains... What do you call it? You're always talking about it. Sodium acetyl salicylate. Yeah, that's what I mean. I can't pronounce it, but I can depend on it for fast relief when I have a headache. And I do. I take Alka-Seltzer. And, friends, you can't go wrong to follow this example. Yes, when you or someone in your family have a headache, let Alka-Seltzer be your way to fast relief. Keep a supply on hand all of the time. And remember our extra package buying tip. With an extra package on the side, the family's always well supplied with Alka-Seltzer. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore. All right, kids, here we go with more questions. Now, Maury Rose won the 500-mile race at Indianapolis last year, averaging a little over 116 miles per hour. Now then, Mrs. Yvonne Howard of Bedford, Indiana, just imagines she has a car entered in the race tomorrow, the Quiz Kids Special with Joel Copperman at the wheel. (laughs) Will Joel come in first if this happens to him? Everything starts off fine, and Joel drives the first 100 laps in two hours. Then he blows a tire and loses 60 seconds in the pit changing it. Then his engine starts missing, and it takes him two and a half minutes to drive the next lap. Another pit stop for repairs holds him up five minutes. Well, he gets underway again, but by now he has a terrific headache. So he slows down for a quick Alka-Seltzer and drives the rest of the race in one hour and fifty-one and a half minutes. Now, does our man win or lose, Sandra? No. Uh, he doesn't win. He doesn't, eh? Well, let's see now. We got the... Uh, you say he doesn't. Lonnie? Well, no, he lost too much time. He in, in the first place, he shouldn't have stopped to take an Alka-Seltzer. He could wait till after the race was over. Oh, he had to stop for the Alka-Seltzer. And, uh, he didn't need to stop about his tires, but he had to stop for the Alka-Seltzer. It was a good thing yes, to bring sure. the Alka-Seltzer along. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think he'd win if he was... Uh, if he'd, he stopped to take the Alka-Seltzer then, and if uh, he, it took him... Uh, how much time did he, he, you say, he spent in the well, pit? Well, now wait, now wait a the minute. the engine trouble? Huh? Well, he definitely would not win. Well, now let's see. We have another hand left up, and that's Joel's. All Can right, Joel. Can the question, please? Oh! <laughs> I certainly will. It gives me a chance to get in another plug for Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, all right, here we go. 
Now then, everything starts off fine, and Joel drives the first 100 laps in two hours. Then he blows a tire and loses 60 seconds in the pit changing it. Then his engine starts missing, and it takes him two and a half minutes to drive the next lap. Another pit stop for repairs holds him up five minutes. He gets underway again, but by now he has a terrific headache. So he slows down for a quick Alka-Seltzer and drives the rest of the race in one hour and 51 and a half minutes. Does our man win or lose? Joel. Well, he took four hours, uh, and the winning time... Let's see, uh, the winning time, since it's 500 miles, 116 into 500, it, 116 times 4 is 4... Uh, 64. So it took him way, uh, the winner took more than four hours last year. So therefore, he definitely would win. He definitely would win. That's right. And what would his average, uh, what would his average be? Uh... Well, four hours into, uh, 500 miles, that'd be 125 miles per hour. 125 miles per hour, that is right. <laughs> and he definitely wins. Now, uh, this music question is from Sarah V. Cornelius of West Hartford, Connecticut. Our pianist, Franz Fowl, will play parts of three songs whose titles uh, uh, should suggest uh, special days we like to celebrate. What special day does this first one suggest? Noreen? That's a railroad song. Would that be Labor Day? Labor Day. I've been working on the railroad. Labor Day, uh-huh. Let's have the next one, Franz. Lonnie? The song is Let Me Call You Sweetheart, so that would be St. Valentine's Day. That's right, uh-huh. And David, what were you well, going to say? It could be any, any uh, day when you give presents, because you wouldn't give presents to anyone you didn't like. Well, that's true, yes. It could be Mother's Day, too. Yes, sir, we like to call, refer to mothers as our sweetheart. Um, uh, Noreen, what well, were you It could be your wedding day, or engagement day, something like yes, that. Yes, uh-huh, yeah, we like to celebrate those, too, uh-huh. And here's the last one. <laughs> Lonnie? Well, the song is Pop Goes the Weasel. Pop Goes the Weasel? The pop, I think, would be July, f or Father's Day. Father's Day, right, I yes, for Pop, good old Pop, pop. uh-huh. Well, you all heard the school bell, children, and you know that means no more questions today. Now it's time for that exciting news, the announcement of the winners in the 1948 Quiz Kids Best Teacher Contest. This is the third annual contest of its kind conducted by the Quiz Kids program and our sponsor, the Miles Laboratories. It has become an outstanding national tribute to the fine men and women who give so generously of their time and knowledge to the important task of instructing the future citizens of America, our children. The scholarship awards offered by our sponsor in this contest give our winning teachers a wonderful opportunity for advanced study and also signify the importance of every teacher in every community throughout our nation. The teachers considered for this great honor were all nominated by their own pupils and after thorough investigation were made by our scholarship committee of eminent educators, final decisions were reached. And now, here is the chairman of the scholarship committee to give you the results. Professor of Education at Northwestern University, Dr. Paul Witte. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. I think you'll be interested to know that the teacher I'm about to name as the best teacher of 1948 won a special recognition award in our contest last year. The same pupil nominated the same teacher again this year. This outstanding teacher will receive a $2,500 award. 
$1,500 to go toward living expenses and tuition for a full year of advanced study at any college or university, and the remaining $1,000 to be spent as he desires. Next Sunday, this teacher will be honored in person on this program. The members of the scholarship committee, which include Dr. Willard Olson, professor of education at the University of Michigan, and the Reverend Dr. Philip S. Moore, dean of the graduate school at Notre Dame University, were assisted by educators all over the country, and we have selected as the outstanding teacher of 1948, Mr. Roy Fisher, an English teacher from the Volans High School in Natalie, Virginia. Well, what do you know about that? The two winners in our previous contest have been women, and we're mighty glad to see a man step into first place this year. Congratulations, Mr. Fisher. Yes, Mr. Kelly. Mr. Fisher has every right to be proud of this high honor. Now this year, for the first time, we selected best teachers in three teaching divisions, primary, intermediate, and high school. So in addition to the grand prize awarded Mr. Fisher, special awards of $1,000 each go to Miss Blanche Fair of Brigham, Utah, chosen as the country's superior teacher in the primary grades, and to Miss Nellie Hitt of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, selected as the country's outstanding teacher in the intermediate grades. Finally, because of their excellent records, honorable mention goes to seven other splendid teachers. Mrs. Corrine Hunt of Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Mr. Marlon Rettinger, Halifax, Pennsylvania. Miss Mary Vies, Chicago. Sister Mary Justina, Brilliant, Wisconsin. Miss Josephine Lane, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mrs. Pauline Altman, Washington, D.C. And Miss Gladys Rowland, Kingsport, Tennessee. Congratulations on these well-deserved awards. Thank you, Dr. Whitty, and congratulations to all you fine teachers. And now, Bob Murphy, let's hear the names of the pupils who wrote the winning letters nominating their favorite teachers. All right, here they are, Joe. 560 students share $1,550 for writing the best letters. The 11 first prizes of $50 each go to 16-year-old Falcon Guthrie of Nathalie, Virginia. Scott Grover, a third grader in Brigham, Utah. Duff Green in the sixth grade in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Johnny Richardson, fourth grade, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Alan I. Kinsinger, a senior, Halifax, Pennsylvania. Leilani Joe Ligtenberg, a second grader in Chicago. Pat Waldron, a senior, Marinette, Wisconsin. Nancy Thea Watson, a senior in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. William J. Brightwell, fourth grade, Washington, D.C. Harold A. Robinson, eighth grade, Kingsport, Tennessee. And fourth grader, Irvin Knickerbocker of Chelsea, Michigan. The other 550 students who won cash awards and gold-plated Quiz Kids pins will be notified through their local NBC stations. Yes, and congratulations, and our thanks to all you students who participated in this year's Best Teacher Contest. Your help makes it possible for us to select and honor these deserving teachers. Well, then, uh, we have some winners of our own to announce, winners of today's Quiz Kids competitive question session. The judges say that the class as a whole missed uh, two questions this afternoon. Lonnie was first, 
Joel second, and David third. You three win a return visit to school next week, and all five of you will receive a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. We'll have Mark Mullen, age seven, and Helen Jasper age 12, here to complete our board of young experts next Sunday. And as our very special guest, we'll have the winner of the Quiz Kids' third annual Best Teacher Contest, Mr. Roy Fisher. Mr. Fisher will board a Delta plane next Tuesday and be flown to Chicago. And we're going to see that he has the time of his life here in the Windy City, and we know you folks will want to meet him. So plan to be with us next week. Uh, when Mr. Charles S. Beardsley, chairman of the board of the Miles Laboratories, presents the $2,500 award to the best teacher of 1948. It's really going to be quite an occasion. And now, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class until next Sunday at this same time. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Mr. Kelly. Bye, Kelly. Mothers, are you having trouble getting your growing children to take their vitamins every day? Try giving them one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Each one-a-day brand multiple capsule contains all the vitamins for which the amount needed for grown-ups and children has been established. What's more, one capsule every day is all they take. And one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules are low in cost. A full two-month supply for only $2. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamins. Good for growing children and adults. Remember, for vitamins the easy way, for vitamins the thrifty way, the brand you want is one a day. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week, and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.